Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wishing Willie O'Ree the best night of his life tonight, finally getting his jersey retired by the Boston Bruins. It's been a delayed event, but they're having it, and, you know, this is long overdue, so very glad that is happening and definitely a bright spot in this week in the NHL. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers to keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, and I will be joined by Russ Cohen a little bit later on the show. He is on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, I'm going to break down that 4-1 to one loss to the New York Islanders in the first part of our back-to-back And then Russ will join me to talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, so uh, another back-breaking loss. That's eight in a row in this stretch of games, which is different than the 10 in a row from earlier in the season. Uh, For this game, we got Rasmus Ristolainen back in the lineup, which was ostensibly a good thing, but we're going to talk about that a little bit because there were some issues with the defense in last night's game. Martin Jones was in net, which means Carter Hart will be in net at home tonight. Um, Another bit of non-game related news that was Flyers related though, Chris Pronger finally got his number retired in St. Louis. Looked like he had the absolute best time of his life. He pounded a beer. Very fun celebration. St. Louis did a really good job with it. And if you haven't seen any of that, highly suggest you seek out some of that amazing content. All right. So Coming into this game, I think Russ and I had talked, you know, about the Boston game and about the Rangers game, that there were lessons to be learned here for the Flyers and that there were some good things. It just seems like with this team, for some reason, there's a memory wipe at the end of every game where there's just this reset and they cannot carry what they have learned from a previous game or good things that they were able to achieve in the previous game and build on it coming into the next game. It is unbelievably frustrating, as you are all well aware. But I think, you know, the most obvious thing to talk about with last night's game is the power play just could not really have been worse for the Flyers. They had four power play chances, zero goals, 
as a result. And if you look at, you know, the scoring chances and such on the power play, the Flyers had two scoring chances for and three scoring chances against, which isn't the way things are supposed to work in the power play situation. They also only had one shot on goal on that really long delayed penalty in the third period. Um, I would say that their power play was full of giveaways the whole time. And it was just unbelievably infuriating to watch it all unfold. And, you know, in this game, the Islanders got off to a pretty terrible start, too. I mean, in that first period, both teams looked terrible. And the Flyers had two power play opportunities in that first period, could not come up with anything. And then you turn it around and look at the penalty kill, which was, I think, the exact opposite of that situation where the Flyers had two scoring chances for and one scoring chance against. This is uh, according to a natural stat trick. And it's just like the we're living in the upside down here <laughs> with Flyers special teams. And I don't know how to explain it, but this is what this team seems to be doing right now, where you'd much rather have a PK out there than the power play. A big part of what went on in the game as well was the defense. Now, if we remember from the game against the Rangers where Ristolainen was out, we had the pairings as Provi, Braun, York, Sandheim, Yandel, Sealer. That's how it started out. And coming into this game, they paired Provorov with Sandheim, York with Braun, and Yandel with Ristolainen. And it was just a disaster the whole time. And I think Travis Sandheim in particular did not have a great game. Rasmus Ristolainen in his first game back screened Martin Jones twice, uh, causing goals. Martin Jones looked pretty solid in net when he wasn't being screened. Like we, He could see he was tracking really well. He was moving side to side really well. But uh, when he was screened, things were bad. And the defense did not do a good job of clearing bodies out in front of the net. Um, at a certain point, either late in the second, earlier in the third, uh, they started just putting those deep pairings in a blender. I saw York with Provorov out there once. Uh, saw Yandel and Braun out there. I think the problem was that Provorov, in theory, gets the most minutes. And he balances best, and I say best as a relative term, given how Provorov has been playing recently, but uh, Provi and Braun balance each other out best, but you can't give Braun that many minutes on this consistent of a basis. He just isn't built for that. So then when you move him in a pairing with York and then put Provi with Sandheim, the communication just gets lost out there. And I think that they just did not know what to do. They could not communicate with each other. And they were just missing passes. They were missing coverage. And it, it was just ugly out there. So 
I think this is a huge problem they have because I, I don't think bringing Nick Sealer in is going to help it either. So I think, you know, overall, these were your two biggest problems. Do want to give some credit to Travis Konechny for his 100th goal. It finally, finally got that goal after what has seemed like 84 years. And uh, of course, it was off a really weird bounce. But uh, hey, I'm sure he will take that one. That pretty much sums up what this game was. And, you know, it's hard to see the Flyers play a team like the Islanders who are starting to turn things around, like Russ and I said on the show yesterday, but they still have some pretty considerable weaknesses, and they were definitely out there. I mean, there was some sloppy play across the board, missed passes. Players were unable to keep the puck on their stick. There were some weird bounces, weird ricochets. Uh, But ultimately, I think what we did talk about that they were getting better at is to that Barry Trotz defensive system. And The thing I noticed the most was that when the Flyers bunched up in front of the Islanders net and were trying to get a garbage goal, the Islanders did a really great job of lifting sticks and just making it impossible for the Flyers to get the puck on a stick to try and tap it in. Whereas on the other end of the ice, if the Islanders were crowding around Martin Jones, the Flyers could not do the same. The Islanders were getting those chances, especially as the game continued. And, and that's just a thing that that cannot be if you're going to be successful and if you're going to plan to try and score some of those garbage goals, which is really one of your main strategies against a team like the Islanders. So... The good news, bad news is that the Islanders are our opponent tonight as well. So the Flyers will get a chance at redemption. We'll see if they can play much better on home ice. With all that being said, we will be talking about the Phantoms coming up next. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and they've got a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, turning our attention to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. It's kind of a roller coaster of a weekend this past week, uh, mostly because the Phantoms had been in such a COVID nightmare situation. <laughs> you know, they did not have a chance to practice much. They didn't play games for a little over a week. And managed to come out of the weekend uh, pretty much breaking even with a win, a loss, and then a loss in overtime. So I don't know if that's like 
as good as we would have liked. But at the same time, I think they're still continuing their trend of getting a little bit better. But for now, the COVID situation for the team, Logan Day was still out. Pat Nagel, who just made the Olympic roster, is on the COVID list. And and then uh, Hayden Hodgson was also on the COVID list. And he has just been recently rewarded with a two-year contract extension. That was an AHL contract with the Mm -hmm. Phantoms. And so I don't know what that says, if two people who had good things happen to them also got COVID, but... It's just a sign of the times. I'm not going to look too much into it. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, also, the assistant coaches, Riley Armstrong and Jason Smith, were out with COVID uh, for the first two games of the weekend. But as a reward, we got Danny Breer behind the bench on Saturday. So that was actually kind of fun to see. Again, bad circumstances for it to happen, but glad he was able to step up. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, he he will fill in in a multitude of spots for the Flyers. He's really, he's done so much between the business side and and now the the coaching end of it. Just a great guy. Absolutely. Yeah, he's always on the ice during training camps, helping out the coaches. And we always love to see him active. And uh, with the opponents being Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, there's some connection there with the Maine Mariners. So Mm -hmm. there was some player crossover as well. So it kind of made sense. It did. Uh, We got Wade Allison back in the lineup for the weekend, which was good to see. And uh, because of the roster movements up and down, Max Wellman was back with the fandoms, played Saturday and Sunday as well. So lots of moving pieces and parts with the phantoms right now. Yeah, Allison, I liked um, what I saw. You know, I was specifically paying attention to like the lower body when he was skating and such and didn't look like... He was favoring. I think they need to just play him like seven games in a, you know, in a row down there. Don't bring him up. See if he could stay healthy. If he could stay healthy during that clip, then maybe bring him back up. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll get more into some of the details of yes. his play. I, I do want to say there was one more piece of news that I thought was fun. Uh, they announced that there's going to be a Flyers versus Rangers rookie series next fall as part of the team's rookie camps. So on September 16th and 17th at PPL Center, where the Phantoms play, there'll be two rookie contests. Uh, so that'll be fun to see, I think, for both teams. I love it. You know me. I'll I'll go see both of those games. I mean, I I really like them. Last year's game was really good. It's nice to see that um, even though they're adversaries, they both know the worth of these games to each of the organizations. And they're like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully I can make it over there for at least one of those games as well. So right now, given the fact that the Phantoms kind of broke even they're still in the same spot in the division still in sixth uh unfortunately they did end that point streak at nine games but still have points in 10 out of the last 11 games uh seven one and three in that stretch i think because of the time off and their inability to practice they did look a little discombobulated in that first game back yeah friday this the second game i think they were just tired And then Sunday, it was a battle of wills to get through that game, I think, for both teams. And, you know, they picked it back up, I think, and played well for stretches of the game, uh, held the Marlies to no shots for the first 10 minutes of the game. So that that was pretty good. Uh, Starting at the at the beginning, 
as well on Friday against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Ooh. Yeah, they're <laughs> it, a tough it was team. A tough, it was a tough one. I mean, they're not as good this year, but... But against the, but against the Phantoms, they are. Yes, they always yeah. are good against the Phantoms. They just, I don't know what it is, but it's always a tough game. Always. Yeah, the Phantoms were outshot 42 to 16. And yes, the Phantoms only got 16 shots on goal in that game. But Lena Sandin managed to get two goals in that in that game, though. And he looked pretty good. Yeah, it's nice to see him um, playing, getting points. I just have a feeling he's never going to get a call up. That's all. I'm just that I've resigned myself to the fact. You know, there was um, an interview of him that was on the broadcast as well as a conversation, a short conversation with Ian LaPerriere that was on the broadcast. And what was said was that he really is getting there and is making the proper progress and that his skating still needs a little bit of improvement, but he's doing all the right things and he's finding a little bit of success in the bumper spot on the power mm-hmm. play. That's where he got his first goal of the season last week. And that, you know, they have really good hopes for him and that it's just the injury was so unfortunate that it's just going to take him a little bit more time to get there. But there is a belief that he will. Yeah, I believe he'll get there, too. I just hope he stays with the organization because I think there's a little something there. That's my ultimate hope for him. Yeah, me too. On Saturday, again, against Wilkes-Barre Scranton, the main issue for the Phantoms was that the Penguins got three goals in less than two minutes in the second period, and they just could not get back into it after that. Uh, They were down four to nothing at that point, and... There wasn't anything, I think, systemic about that stretch of time. There was one sharp angle goal. There was one just really great passing sequence that the Penguins put together. And it I don't it didn't feel like a disaster, but it was a disaster at the same time. Just if you broke it down to those individual plays. I mean, you could see the the tiredness as well from the Phantoms. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the team just doesn't have it, you know. And and that happens. And I think, like you said, because of the time off. And, you know, it was an empty netter at the end. The Phantoms still kind of struggled to get as many shots in as I really think they needed to. Uh, Only 22 shots on goal in that game. They did come back and played really strong in that third period. They got, you know, over half of their shots on goal in the third period. I think the other issue for them in that game and they got two power play goals in the game. Like both their goals were power play goals, which is great, except for the fact that they had seven opportunities. <laughs> so yeah. you win some, you lose some there. But on the upside, one of those power play goals that the Phantom scored in that third period in that game was from Wade Allison. Yeah, it's it's nice. This is I am really crossing my fingers for this guy because he does so many good things in the dirty areas around the net. He is such a good influence with the team and teammates. But we just have to see him out there for, you know, a stretch of time and say, all right, now it looks like he's healthy. All right, let's give him a look, even with the big club. But I, I think, yeah, we got to wait a little on that now. 
Yeah, and he scored on Sunday at five on five. Uh, in a, it was actually Cal O'Reilly's play that made it. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it was a takeaway in in the offensive zone for the Phantoms, and he just fed it to Wade Allison, who had an easy open net uh, because of the quality of the play. But you know, again, I think you know Wade Allison. You could see his game starting to come through, but he's just not there yet. You know, he's not there yet. Stamina wise, uh, he right. just needs to tweak a few little things and just really get his mojo back about what he does and his creativity. I, I think for me, there was some moments when he was out there on the ice with Connor Bonneman on a line and he had some shifts with Max Willman. I'm not sure if the three of them were together. I can't remember off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. the creativity of the group and those pairings I thought was really exciting to see. Now it didn't work a ton of the time because again, Wade is still trying to get his touch back. Yeah. But uh, you know, and, and Willman, I think he was a little snake bit in that game on Saturday as well. Just, you know, shots were not going on net. They were going wide for him a little bit. But some of, of the passing was really creative. They kept the puck moving. And I I just really, like, I had fun watching it, which in a game like that, when you're losing pretty badly, to have some fun, I think is a good thing as well. Well, I mean, it either means it's a good thing or there's something wrong with you. So I'm going to just say it's a good thing because <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go with that. On Sunday against the Marlies, I think the the biggest problem in that game was the end of it, where Maxim Sushko got a roughing penalty at the end of regulation. So the Marlies went into overtime with the power play and they won it uh, on that. And they had just battled the entire game. It was a back and forth game. Again, another fun game to watch. There was a uh, tussle with Rich Clune and Brennan Saunier. I saw that. They got the crowd going. Um, unfortunately, there was a, a really awkward hit of Adam Clendenning had on Josh Hosang. Um, you know, it's not I, great, but it, I don't, you know, he was I don't okay. Know. Yeah, thankfully, because I also want to see him play in the Olympics for Hosang. But it seemed like he that Hosang did drop his head. It really did. I, I'm not going to blame that one on Clendenning because he's usually not that guy. I, I yeah. just think he went went for his shoulder, but I think he did drop his head. He didn't have his head up. I, I could see that. Um, I saw like a couple different angles on it, and I think one of the angles it seemed a lot clearer than the other angles. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about Clendenning. I, we've mm-hmm. been sort of talking about him a little bit in terms of has he potentially earned a call up if necessary, and and how is he supporting the younger players in Lehigh Valley. And once again, you know, on Saturday, he had the assists in on the two goals in that losing effort on Saturday. And that's his power play work at, you know, at play here. And I think that he is really helpful out there to help drive offense on the power play for the Phantoms when they can get there. Yeah, but he's always been pretty good at that and his entire career. And it just... Again, we've got the Keith Yandel factor, but it would just be nice to see what Clendenning can do in that spot without Keith Yandel being there. Because I think he could handle it and actually boost the club. 
but we're never going to get to see that, at least not for another, you know, week or two. Yeah, I mean, it seems like for now, Cam York is is sticking up there. But, uh, you know, with Sealer benched last night, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. See, I would rather have Clendenning on power on on PP1 and have York on power play too. That's fine. Yeah, it's just a matter of of who else you have to sit, right? So I don't know if he'll if they'll ever do that or they'll even move Clendenning up to the taxi squad or they've just decided that they need to keep him in Lehigh Valley when things are lean. I, I don't know what their thought process is here, but I, I do think that he's been doing his job and doing it well. Yeah, no question. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about Isaac Radcliffe because it's kind of a mixed bag with him right now. He frustrates me a lot because you can see him playing a little better. He's getting scoring opportunities, but he takes a lot of dumb penalties too. Um, You know, he had a penalty in four out of five games in a row um, up through Saturday's game. Sunday, he did not have a penalty. But before that, um, I just feel like his game isn't clean right now and he has to figure something out about that i think it's not clean because the skating doesn't allow him to stay ahead of things and i think that's his issue he's really gotta if he if he doesn't get the skating right he's never going to make it and he's got all these other good tools there's a lot of things to like about him but he does have to get his skating right yeah i I could be the skating it's a a fair point you know that puts him in the wrong position you know because he's a big guy right so that will lead to wayward sticks leading to trips or hooks that maybe he didn't intend but I I, you know I just really would like him to get it together because he had such (laughs) promise and you can see you know his positioning I think is really good right now Mm -hmm. Um, I you know I think his shot is getting a little better his vision is getting better so I just hope that he can clean up that other side of his game and, and get to the point. Yeah, the power forward guys, I'm always extra patient with. So I'm willing to wait on them. Is there anyone else that uh, you want to talk about this week? No, no, nobody else. But again, the, the Lena Sandine thing, I, I just, I wonder if they had known this about his skating before he got there. Like, did they give him, that's what I would like to find out. If I ever get Lappy, I'll find, I want to find out, did they give him um, a skating course to follow, like, during the summer with somebody? And, because if not, it's hard to get that up to speed during the season. But the thing that I liked a lot is when you said that he's playing well on the bumper, because, honestly, the Flyers don't have anybody on the bumper that's any good. And this yeah. could be a future, a future spot for him. It could be. And, uh, you know, he's he's another one that I just want more than anything for him to have it together so that they have no choice but to call him up. Yeah, that's the best way. And and, and I like the way you said that as a prospect, you have to do that. You have to, like, make it so overwhelming that they have to do it. Well, there are a few games coming up this week where he can continue to prove himself. Uh, I should mention on the the goaltending side, Garrett Metcalf is doing the Lord's work (laughs) after getting a PTO 
uh, via the ECHL, um, you know, with Ustamenko is on the taxi squad now um, because he's the one I think they can afford to have sit for a few days so that Sandstrom can get the playing time in Lehigh Valley. He played one game uh, on Saturday, and then Garrett Metcalf played Friday and Sunday, and Garrett Metcalf was the one that had to take those 42 shots Oof. from Wilkes-Barre Stratton and to, to save 39 of them. Hats off to him. Yeah, the one good thing about the taxi squad is it creates more jobs for goalies and more opportunity for guys that maybe thought they couldn't get back in the game or couldn't get a call up. So that that is a positive for a lot of guys like him. It is. And, you know, like I said, we've got three more games on the schedule as of now. Uh, Another Wilkes-Barre-Scranton game on Wednesday and then Saturday and Sunday. There are two games against the Charlotte Checkers, who are right above the Phantoms in the standings as of now. So should be a, a close matchup there. Yeah, I mean, luckily, Charlotte, you know, when they called up, like, Seth Jarvis, and they, they've, they've depleted them a little bit, which is good for the Phantoms because it could have been worse. So this is winner, these are winnable games. They are. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. This is really, this is not a Flyers fun thing, but is a hockey fun thing. And as you are probably aware, I am a fan of women's hockey and the PHF. Uh, Love the Connecticut Whale, although I love all the teams except Boston because they are all my children equally. And uh, Kaylee Hutchinson, who plays for the Connecticut Whale, did a TikTok of a day in the life because she's a pediatric nurse who works the overnight shift and then plays professional hockey. So just to see what she goes through in a 24 hour period in terms of her work and, but making sure her body is ready to play a hockey game the next day is pretty extraordinary. And uh, she's pretty special and it's, uh, it's cool to get a little insight into what she does. I mean, there's no doubt she's special. I mean, I just see having been in in and out of hospitals and rehab facilities the last year with visiting people, you, how it's just incredible just to even keep your yourself in an upbeat format, knowing, you know, just feeling good, knowing that you're taking care of a lot of people that are really hurting in this, you know, COVID environment. It's not easy. So she's got to have a will of steel. She does. All right. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with Flyers versus Islanders part the second. We'll answer some mailbag questions and uh, probably some more. So as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in those mailbag questions via Twitter at Locked on Flyers, or you can email us at Locked on Flyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, and I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.